Hello there. Welcome. It's me, Michael Anthony Judasissi, and welcome to this episode of All Things Billy. Appreciate you joining me and uh, being here for All Things William H. Bonney, Billy the Kid, Lincoln County War, and beyond. <laughs> All right. So uh, last time we talked about the cemetery in Fort Sumner. We talked about DNA. We talked about the... Uh, the, the the drive the uh, the initiative to find DNA and to prove once and for all what happened to Billy the Kid and there's four potential outcomes one is he was shot and killed by Pat Garrett 14 July 1881 buried the next morning and that's that second one is he was brushy Bill Roberts his partner Billy Barlow was shot and killed by Pat Garrett had a vicious gunfight Roberts did escaped, went on to live a fantastical life, and in 1950 went before Governor Mabry and asked for a pardon and was denied and died three weeks later. Third, that he was John Miller, who was kind of an unassuming cowboy who uh, lived his life in New Mexico and Arizona and died in 1937, never having uh, admitted he was Billy the Kid. Or fourth is anything else, <laughs> every other potential possibility. Billy went back to England, he went to Mexico, he went to Canada, he went to New Jersey, he went somewhere. He time traveled into the future, who knows? Um, but those are your four potential outcomes. But today I wanted to focus on the uh, cemetery in Fort Sumner. Uh, there's an excellent book written by David G. Thomas and it's called Billy the Kid's Grave. And if you, uh, you can find it on Amazon uh, or on his website, doc45publishing, doc45.com. I'll put that in the comments. And uh, David is a great guy. Uh, he allowed me to come into his home and interview him for my upcoming documentary, Digging Billy. And uh, gave me a copy of his book, which I greatly appreciated. But if you want just detail, no opinions or anything like that, no um no innuendo, no slander, no, just facts carefully researched and recorded, then you want uh, David's book. Um, and the subtitle is A History of the Wild West's Most Famous Death Marker. Um, so I want to take a little bit of a dive into the book because it's got some great information, well more than we can cover here. But speaking specifically about Billy's grave and the history in that cemetery, and most especially about the great flood of 1904. Cue the water sounds now. Because in 1904, there was a flood. Uh, and if you talk to uh, people who, well, you know, they could be any part of the, uh, any part of the, uh, the, the uh, discussion, I guess. But especially people who want to say that there's nothing in the grave or there's not, there's not even a grave in Fort Sumner. They'll point to the Great Flood of 1904 and say that they heard, where they heard it, I don't know, on the internet probably, that the, uh, the flood was so bad that there were bones washing down the Pecos River, uh, entire graves and coffins were washing down there. <laughs> when they say that, I just see Billy's skeleton, you know, saddled up on top of his coffin, you know, riding that thing down the river like he's uh, listening to Wipeout on the radio or something. <laughs> uh, but there's actually no evidence that that happened. So I want you to think back to some 
thing that happened when you were a kid, young kid, and some story that you remember and you tell today. Well, what you tell today is not actually what happened. I'm certain of that. It can, it could be slightly embellished or dramatically embellished, right? That's kind of the way memories go. Um, and so when you get stories that are handed down from person to person and generation to generation and then reinterpreted and that people add their own things, then you have something that doesn't even resemble the truth anymore. But this idea that the coffins and remains of you know, Billy and other people just washed down the river doesn't hold water. <laughs> Snare, hit, and symbol, please, right there. Actually, it doesn't hold water. And we have proof of that. And so I want to uh, introduce you to a gentleman named Charles Dudrow. Now, Charles Dudrow was a contractor for the, uh, he was a civilian contractor for the army. And Charles Dudrow was uh, tasked with, in late 1905 and then into 1906, exhuming the bodies of 22 soldiers in the old post cemetery. That post had been decommissioned. It had been sold to, uh, well, I mean, long, long before that, had been sold to the, uh, Lucian Maxwell. Then it had been sold to the uh, Fort Sumner Landing Cattle Company and so on and so forth. And so by 1906, the, uh, the Army wanted their soldiers' remains to be reinterred in Santa Fe in the National Cemetery. And so they hired somebody to do it. So we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about that um, today so you can get a better idea of whether those remains went washing down the river, surfing all the way to the Gulf of Mexico and then out into the Pacific and somewhere today, Billy's remains sit next to those of, I don't know who's out there, who, I mean, whoever's out in the Pacific and was buried out there. Um, so uh, interestingly uh, enough, 19, well, we can actually go back to 1904 because uh, there was a, a claim later, uh, 1962, that uh, the uh, there were people, certain parties interested, that wanted to uh, disinter actually all three bodies, Bowdery, Folliard, and uh, Billy Bonney, and move them to Lincoln. And it was uh, Lois, uh, no, I'm sorry, uh, let me take that back. Uh, what's the woman's name? Telfer, Mrs. Telfer, Louise Telfer, I think, um, that said she was a relative of Billy Bonney and she would, you know, she came to New Mexico to file a court case to have him disinterred and then reburied in Lincoln. Uh, but in any event, there was testimony, uh, during the, uh, uh, during that initiative and, uh, there are, uh, there was, uh, some testimony that, uh, you know, would point to the fact that people were not going to be able to find the grave. Carlos F. Clancy of Albuquerque testified he visited the graveyard prior to 1904, and there were no markings on the kid's grave then. Testified under oath in front of a court. He was there before 1904, before the flood, and there were no markings on the grave. And we know that from, from the earliest times, probably 1882, 83, whatever that wooden cross was that was shot up, and Paulita Maxwell apparently went and grabbed one night, and then they put back that Billy's grave went unmarked for a significant period of time. And so people had to obviously come and locate it, which did happen later, but 
the the point being that it sort of happened later actually <laughs> it didn't exactly happen later it's kind of an approximation of where everybody believed the grave to be but in any event we know that that grave was unmarked from before 1904 and probably as early as 1884 when the post was abandoned through 1930 that's almost that's a 46 years 46 years the grave was unmarked. If you're going to tell me or anybody that you're going to walk up to the exact spot where somebody dug a hole and put a casket in the ground 46 years later, I'll tell you you're crazy. Especially since 46 years later, the remains of the fort were gone. There's nothing left of it. So there wasn't even a, there wasn't anything that you could measure against or remember against to say, oh, it was 20 paces from this building because there was just nothing there. But in 1904, there was a historic flood. So uh, let me uh, find the historic <laughs> flood. Uh, but the Pecos River, it rained for days and days and days. The Pecos River uh, crested at some seven feet above uh, its banks. Seven feet above its banks. That's, uh, I'm not very tall. I'm only five, nine and a half these days. Uh, <laughs> I used to be 5'11 before I got old. But seven feet above its banks, that's crazy. And if you've been out for summer, well, you know it's big flat plains. So there's a lot of area for that to flood. Okay, October 8th, 1904. Almost two weeks of record-breaking rains. Pecos River burst its banks and flooded Fort Sumner and the surrounding area. The flood crested seven feet above the Pecos River banks. Water stood on top of the Fort Sumner Cemetery, four feet deep for over a week. Four feet deep for over a week. Now, the water sat on top of the cemetery. It was not like there was, a, it doesn't seem anyway, like there was a raging torrent flowing through the cemetery. But the river crested its banks. The water spread out to the surrounding areas till it reached, you know, some some sort of hill where it would rest against. And the in the cemetery was below that level, so four foot of water. So most of you, unless you're, you know, very very short, would be able to stand up and have your head above water as you walk through the cemetery. But it would be underwater for a week. Did that lead to graves washing down the river? Did that lead to bodies being disinterred, bones being mixed between graves, boxes magically opening, and you know somebody's jawbone goes in with somebody else's pelvic bone, and then we mix them all up like, I don't know, some uh, jumbot, as my uh, mom used to call it? That does not seem that that actually happened. But that's a convenient argument for people that want to say, hey, there's nothing in the grave, right? There's nothing there. It's an empty hole or it's, you know, there's a box of rocks or something. Well, if it was a box of rocks, wouldn't they have washed away too? Or if it was a saddle, wouldn't that yet have also happened? Late February 1931, well, actually April 30, uh, April 1930, four men, four men, Paco and Aya, Jesus Silva, Vicente Ortega, and Charlie Four went to the cemetery to find and mark the grave. And it should be no surprise that they could not agree where the grave was. 
they just, just couldn't couldn't agree that you know it's here or it's there. They were all you know within kind of a general area, and so essentially what they did at that point is they said, well, let's just split the difference and go to a spot between where we all think it is, and that's probably where it is. Now, what we don't know, as often uh, happens in history, is we don't know how far apart they were. It's not like they all uh, swore out an affidavit after the fact. Um, it's, uh, you know, were they two feet apart from each other and said, well, it's right here? Were they 20 feet apart? If they're all 20 feet apart, well, uh, I'm not uh, smart enough to do the math, but, you know, the circumference of a circle like that would be big enough that yeah, you sure could miss by, by a pretty good margin. You could miss by 20 feet. We know that. And that's if they were all even in the right area, which I would assume they were. But somewhere within each of their memory, they decided, here's where the grave is. And so we're going to kind of put a stake here right in the middle. And that's where we're going to call Billy's grave being. And then February 1931, the, uh, that big white granite marker, if you've ever been to the cemetery, uh, was put up. And that's the one that marks uh, Billy, Charlie Bowdry, and Tom Folliard. And it looks like it's Tom Folliard. It's Thomas O, like Orville Folliard. Um, although that remains cloudy too. He was generally known as O Folliard to history, but it, but I call him Folliard because I believe that that's what his last name was. And that stone that's still there and chipped away in the corners and people go and they put bullets on or love notes or those kind of things, that's still there today. So that uh, happened in 1931. Okay. So what we know is that in 1881, something was buried in the cemetery. There was a box put there on July 15th. What was inside of it? We don't know. You believe what you want to believe, but we don't know. We know that in 1904, that box was no longer marked and then a flood came and, uh, and, and sat on top of that box six feet underground as well as every other one in the cemetery. And then until 1931, that box remained unmarked. Pat Garrett visited the cemetery in uh, 2000, 1905. And he pointed out where he believed the uh, the grave was, but for posterity, nobody marked that, and so uh, we don't have that uh, we don't have that recollection from old Pat as far as those things go. Now, before we go any further, uh, have you been to the Fort Sumner Cemetery, the Old Post Cemetery? Yeah, it's um, I, yeah, I don't know what to call. It. Is it a cool place? Is it an eerie place? Is it? I mean, it's it's a definite must make the trek for any Billy the Kid fan or fanatic. Hell, even if Billy's not buried there, it is the site of his greatest escape, that he somehow escaped you know, being put underground and lived on as John Miller, Brushy Bill Roberts, or maybe even Luis Jaramillo. That's a story for another day, Mr. Jaramillo of Chihuahua, Mexico. But in any event, if you've never been there, you might be surprised that when you walk in, there's very, very few grave markers there. In fact, almost the entire, as you walk into the cemetery, you're facing, when you go through the gate, you're kind of facing southwest. And then there's a trail that takes you directly to Billy's grave, which is kind of in the center of everything. 
um, Billy, Charlie, and Tom's grave. But if you look to the right, which would be to the north, uh, northwest rather, uh, if you look there, you'll see very few grave markers. There's a grave of, a, of an, inf I think it was an infant or a very young child that was buried there. There's a couple others. Joe Grant's grave marker is way up near the front. As soon as you walk in, that's not where Joe Grant is buried. His grave marker was in the southwest corner of the grave uh, for years and years. So for, I've heard it was for a documentary or something, um, but it may have just been, you know, Fort Sumner wanting to capitalize on uh, on Joe Grant and, and creating a, you know, kind of a fake headstone up front. And there's actually a plaque there now that, you know, talks about his story. But Joe Grant is not there. His remains are somewhere else. But, but really, that whole section to the right, you would probably look at it and go, oh, there's no one buried here. Yeah, no, nobody here. Gosh, I can't believe how few graves there are. And then if you walk directly to the south, when you walk in, you would find Pete Maxwell's grave, Lucian Maxwell, um, uh, Paulita Maxwell uh, back in that area. And there's more grave stones there. Uh, but still, there's an awful lot of area that looks like there's just nothing there whatsoever. Pete Paulita de Luvina, she died in Albuquerque, so we wouldn't see her there. Um, and uh, so you could probably have a look at that and and surmise, wow, a lot of these graves are gone. Where, where'd they all go? Did they wash down the river? Well, here's uh, a report. Walter F. Julian, a Fort Sumner mortician, told the court and this was the court that was deciding whether Billy could be exhumed in the uh, 1960s, that the last burial at the graveyard in 1946 required, here's the quote, three or four tries, end quote, before an empty spot could be found. Walter F. Julian, a Fort Sumner mortician, said it took three or four holes in, in that cemetery before they could even find any ground that was empty to make that last burial in 46. That wound up not being the last burial, by the way, but it was the next to the last burial. Could you imagine that three or four times? You dig, and we're talking 1946. I don't know if they used a backhoe or some, where they still had guys with shovels, but you dig a hole. Oh, no, there's a coffin. All right, well, let's move to this open spot where there's no headstones. Dig another hole. Oh, there's another coffin. Hey, no, there's another coffin. Finally, finally, you find a spot where you've got enough room to put up, you know, six foot by two foot coffin or whatever size it is, and, and you inter that final person. That ground that looks so barren, that cemetery that looks like there's nobody, nobody in there is filled, absolutely filled almost to capacity or beyond capacity with remains of people who lived in Fort Sumner. And so it's kind of striking when you walk in there and you see it and you think, oh, well, you know, here's a nice grassy spot to sit. You're, there are remains everywhere. Virtually every step you take, you're walking on, you know, on top of the remains of someone. Now, uh, back in 2004, Luciano or Chano Silva uh, was buried. He, there, was, uh, there needed to be a court order to permit his burial since the cemetery was closed after 46. It's closed for new burials. Needed a court order, but uh, he had, uh, Chano Silva had lived in Fort Sumner all his life, served in the Marine Corps, Purple Heart recipient, 
And uh, so a court order that allowed him to be buried and also closed the cemetery for any other burials for the rest of eternity. So Chano Silva was the final one. And if you're interested in who Chano Silva was, you can go on YouTube and look up, uh, you type that in, look up some videos, and you can see him talking about, you know, his family's recollections of Billy. I think he was the one that talked about Billy dressing as a girl and serving some of the soldiers that were hunting for him. Uh, you know, if you listen to stories like that, they're well meaning and natured you know there's probably one in ten thousand chance that there's even any kernel of truth in it but those are the kind of things that get handed down from generation to generation and then they, the the lore becomes the legend and then the legend becomes the fact so i don't think billy dressed up as a girl and served the soldiers that were hunting for him but makes a hell of a story so we're back to our flood. It's 1904. What did happen is a lot of the headstones were toppled over for uh, Charlie Ford reported. He set some of those back up, but, uh, you know, some of those wooden markers certainly were lost to, um, uh, you know, to the flood, but not many of them. And we know that because Charlie Ford's report dated... February 21, 1906, from Sunnyside, New Mexico, which was uh, which was the area where the fort was abandoned, uh, says so. And and I quote: "I have, however, been been unable to identify the remains of each, with but one exception. He's talking about the soldiers here. Some of the graves still had headboards, but it was impossible to decipher any of them on account of their age, as they were all made from pine, and the lettering practically." obliterated. Some of these headboards had rotted off at the ground and have been used to mark the graves of parties buried in recent years in other parts of the cemetery. So before we go on, what you can say is there were still some headboards there, but you could not read anything because they were wooden. And some of the ones that had fallen, people had taken and then put somewhere else and carved a new name in it. Just good old, you know, uh, kind of recycling. Uh, so you would say, well, then of course he couldn't identify any of the graves, but his job was to disinter those soldiers, take them out of their graves, ship them up to Santa Fe to be reinterred. Um, so Dudrow uh, continues that he went to considerable trouble to hunt up all the old residents who might give me information, which would enable me to identify the remains, but have been unable to find a single old settler who could remember the name or locate the grave of any particular officer or man. Well, that's not unusual because the these the the post was decommissioned in the late 1860s and so there weren't civilians living in fort sumner at the time lucian maxwell bought it in the late 60s 68 if i remember correctly uh, and then it became a little village where you know civilians could live so to find somebody that would have known who the mil military burials were back in the 1860s would be highly unusual since there were no civilians living there. So Dudrow continues uh, that uh, he was not having 
success identifying the names of these soldiers. The exception mentioned above was the case of Lieutenant William J. Eckley, who I am positive of on account of the shoulder straps, which were in good state of preservation and showed him to have been a second lieutenant of infantry, the only lieutenant in the list furnished. So think about this. These soldiers were interred from the 19, uh, early 1960s on through the end of uh, 1860s, through the end of the uh, 1860s, over what, some 10-year period. It's at least, at least 35 years later at this point, and there's still clothing that is able to be uh, seen, determined in that time. Billy, on the other hand, if it was Billy buried there, has only been in the ground for some 25 years. And so should be in a better state of repair. Dudrow continues. In the case of the two captains, there remained enough of the uniforms to show that they were buried in full dress. There was enough there that they, he could tell it was a full dress uniform. So they numbered these soldiers, 22 of them. The bones are dry and clean and no odor noticed except in one instance and then only very slightly. Dudrow continues, I enclose a rough drawing of the cemetery showing the approximate location of each grave numbered right to left to correspond with the numbers of the boxes containing these bodies, trusting that this may be of some assistance in identifying these officers and men from your records. Well, that map that you've just heard about, and if you've never seen it, it's something you'll want to take a look at, and it is uh, in uh, David Thomas's really well-researched book. That map contains some clues as to what was still in that cemetery at the time. Now, before you even talk about the map, uh, there's something you should consider. Dudrow was exhuming graves that were in the neighborhood of 40, 35 to 45 years old. The bones and graves were intact. The caskets were intact. These caskets were under the same four foot of water that the rest of the cemetery was. The caskets were not burst open. There were not bones that had floated in rivers of mud six feet deep underneath the dirt of Fort Sumner down the river. It just didn't happen. It didn't happen. 22 soldiers who were buried in that cemetery remained in that cemetery a year plus after the flood and their graves were intact. That is a fact documented at the time by the man who put his hands in the soil and disinterred them. So if you're going to stick to that old legend of carcass, carcasses, that's crude, <laughs> remains, skeletons, washing down the river, you know, willy-nilly scattered across the plains, you'll have to provide some proof of that. And I have not been able to find any proof that that happened at all. Dudrow boxed up the remains of those soldiers, sent them to Santa Fe. They are now buried in the uh, original, the very first section, all the way, if you go to the National Cemetery in Santa Fe, all the way to the east, there's a triangular section that butts up against the civilian cemetery, and that's where the oldest graves are. And you'll see that they they actually marked the the, the tombstones 
with the name of the soldier, but they have no idea if the remains underneath are of that soldier or somebody else. So it could say Bob Smith and it could be Jim Jefferson underneath. And Jim Jefferson could be under Toby Flenderson's you know, headstone. That's all they could do other than with that one Lieutenant Eckley that they were able to identify. So they are there, they're in that national cemetery buried with full military honors, but they're not, they're not all in the correct graves, unless somebody got incredibly lucky, which is not very likely. Uh, the other legend about this is that somehow Billy's bones were just scooped up because, because the bones were, <laughs> were you know, just willy-nilly all over the cemetery. They just scooped up whatever they could and threw them in a box. And you'd, so they probably got some of Billy's bones there and buried him there. Well, I think as we can see, there's virtually no chance that that happened. But the other legend there is that that part of the cemetery was paved over as they paved, uh, I think it's Route 285 that runs through Santa Fe and then up toward uh, Española, um, that did they had paved over that portion of the cemetery. That is absolutely not true either. If you go up to the uh, civilian or the, uh, uh, the uh, National Cemetery in Santa Fe, that section where the soldiers are is set well back of the road, you know, 50, 75 yards. It's certainly possible that a part of the civilian cemetery could have been paved over. Uh, and that kind of thing, that seems to have happened with D. Luvina Maxwell here in Albuquerque, that the part of the cemetery where she was buried may have been paved over by I-25 being, uh, you know, widened and, and uh, built through. But, but as far as the military, absolutely not. So I think we can be sure that Billy the Kid is not, or any portion of him is not buried in Santa Fe. All right, so let's go back to that illustrious map. Because here's what you get. When you look at the map, and if you look at some of the versions online, if you're in a social media group, people have uh, you know, made their own notations and those kind of things. Um, you can uh, hold the map the way that it's supposed to be. And, you know, in other words, the correct orientation. And so north uh, will put you with the soldiers being buried essentially along the west wall, all along the west wall. And there are some notations of who else is buried there with these numbered graves. 25, child of major keys, 26, unknown child, 27, child of Bobion family, I'm not sure what that is, number 28, Billy the Kid, 29, member of Kid's gang, 30, member of Kid's gang. And those graves are essentially in exactly the same place it, on this map that they are marked today. I mean, yes, you could give or take a few feet, but Charles Dudrow somehow identified Billy's, Folliard's, and Bowdry's grave. Now, I don't, I would assume at this point that Charlie Four was somehow involved. Four was kind of the caretaker of that cemetery, lived in Fort Sumner for the rest of his life, was the recognized and known expert, you think Four might have told Charles Dudrow that, hey, that guy's name is Tom O'Folliard, uh, and that guy's name is Charlie Bowdry, but 
maybe he did. And maybe, maybe uh, Charles Dudrow said, you yeah, know, who, who cares? <laughs> like, I don't care what their names are. They're the kids gang. So got it. Um, but here's a map drawn in 1906 after we've already discovered that the graves or at least 22 of the graves in the cemetery were absolutely intact. In fact, even after sitting under standing water, four feet of standing water for a week, even the clothing in some cases was intact after almost 40 years underground. And it shows exactly where Billy's grave is along with a foliard and boundary. Now, what it doesn't tell us is whose, whose grave is Tom's and whose grave is Charlie's. And the other interesting thing is it shows the grave staggered. 28 and 29, 28 being Billy's grave, are next to each other. And 30, which would be a foliard or boundary, is set just to the east of it. So kind of next to it, but almost as if it were in the next row down. So if you look online at a picture of Billy's grave and you see the three like cement uh, grave covers all in a line, really what it would be is the first two, the one that's supposed to be Billy's and the one next to it would be there. And then the other grave would be under the concrete walkway and then going out underneath the dirt that, uh, you know, that the, uh, the walkway uh, does not cover. It would be almost like a, a row six feet or eight feet away from the other graves. So here's the, the wonderful thing. The wonderful thing is we can be sure that whatever was buried in Fort Sumner on 15 July, 1881, did not wash down any river. Just didn't happen. Just didn't happen. That's it. I mean, you'd have to prove that it happened, and there's zero proof of that. But here's the thing that's maddening. If you read Dudrow's report, he makes no reference at all to how he identified the other graves. None whatsoever. And as a matter of fact, he, wrote, he writes a, uh, a follow-up letter on April 20 to Colonel C.A.H. McCauley, and, he's, and he says, uh, my original report of which I enclosed copy together with enclosed drawing of the cemetery, I think practically covers the questions referred to. As stated in the report, it was impossible to identify the remains of any particular person. Now, he goes on to say in the next line, I spent five or six days traveling through the country in search of old residents who might be able to identify some or more of these soldiers but after the lapse of 40 years, it could hardly be considered possible. You, what you want Dudrow to say is, <laughs> I, I, it was impossible to identify the remains of any particular person in the cemetery, and I looked at them all. Because then you'd know and go, well, he didn't identify that that was Billy the Kid in that grave. Somebody just told him. But in the very next line, he says, I searched all over the, the countryside for someone that could help me identify the soldiers. So when he says I couldn't identify any particular person, was it of everyone in the cemetery or was it just the soldiers that he was charged with exhuming? If Dudrow was here today, we'd ask him, how did you know that that was Billy's grave? Did somebody tell you it would have to have been Charlie Four at that point? Did Charlie Four point to a spot in the dirt and go, well, Billy the kid's here. Boundaries here, and then here's a foliard. 
But if he did that, if he just pointed to three areas, why was the map so detailed to show one grave that was set below, you know, in, in a line below the others? Dudrow left us with these tantalizing clues, but with too many questions to help us figure out exactly what he did. If you want to, if you want to, if you want to time travel, you might want to go back to Ju July 14th or something. I would want to go back to those days when Dudrow was in the cemetery and see what he did. Did he and his crew dig up every grave? Did they dig six feet of dirt? I mean, it seems like a huge, hugely impossible task. But did they, did they dig all the graves to figure out where they were so this map could be made? Or did they not do that? Or did they just have Charlie Four or somebody else telling him, well, there's a grave there, there's a grave there, there's a grave there. We know that very few of these graves were marked by this time. We know for certain Billy's, Boundaries, and a Folliards or Folliards were not. But they're here on the map. They're numbered. They're drawn in right where they are today. So we're left with more questions. More questions, more questions, more questions. Wouldn't you just love to have the answers? And as we've talked about last time, you know, if you dig down there and you get some DNA, well, what are you going to compare it to? What's it going to prove? It can get you closer to the truth, but it can not give you everything. So what are we left with? At the end of the day, we're left with the pretty sure knowledge that underneath that cement slab is a casket. It's not an empty hole or <laughs> filled in with dirt anymore, that there's something there. And what that something is has been the speculation that has gone on since... 19, who even knows, <laughs> 19, early 1900s. And I guess we could leave it at that, but for one more piece of information. So, uh, you can pick up a book called The Dirty on Billy the Kid by Stephen M. Cedarwall, my buddy Steve Cedarwall. Great guy, full of life, larger than life. He's a character in my Back to Billy book series, Steve from Capitan. And uh, he's just a really fun guy to talk to, always open to the possibilities. Uh, Cold West Publishing, which is an imprint of Creative Text Publishers, LLC. Uh, you can, I think you can find the book on, I know you can find it on Amazon. You can also go to Cold West Com. I'll also put that in the uh, show notes so that you can check it out. And it's a voluminous book of some 325 pages. And uh, there's quite a bit in here. But one thing in particular caught my eye when I first read it, because I've, I've known and met both of the men involved. And that is on page 25. And it is of their photograph of a handwritten statement. It says, handwritten statement by DeBaca County Sheriff Gary Graves dated July 20, 2003 on statement made by Fort Sumner's ex-mayor David Bailey. 
And I'm going to read you this statement now. I think I uh, mentioned in the last episode that we just lost Gary Graves. Gary was a uh, lifetime law enforcement officer. And uh, I interviewed him for a couple hours for my upcoming documentary. And as I said, Gary was just very, very direct and forthcoming with what he believed happened and with that investigation. Um, But he had this, according to to him, he had this run-in, this this, uh, discussion with Dave... David Bailey, who's the former mayor of Fort Sumner, he came back and told it to Cedarwall, and Cedarwall said, well, write out a statement. And so here's what Gary Graves wrote, and I'll read it to you. Reference Lincoln County case number 2003-274, Billy the Kid investigation. Um, it's really hard to read because the photograph in the book is is not very clear, so I'll do the best I can. On or about June 17, 2003, Sheriff Gary W. Graves met with ex-mayor, ex-mayor David Bailey at Dave's Grocery Stores. Yeah, that's Dave Bailey's Grocery Store. David Bailey, uh, it's really tough to tell, advised, David Bailey advised Sheriff Graves that he should discontinue any and all investigation concerning Billy the Kid. Bailey stated that I, that if the grave or Billy the Kid was to be, the grave of Billy the Kid was to be exhumed, that Sheriff Graves had no idea what he would find, but that Bailey knew what would be found. Sheriff Graves uh, gosh, really, really, t- <laughs> really tough to tell, you know. Sheriff Graves advised that he did not want the exhumation, that he did not want the exhumation, but did wish to dispense the case of Brushy Bill Roberts in this and John Miller. Let me read that again. It's really, really tough. Sorry, it's just such, just, just bad. Uh, the photograph is not very good. Sheriff Graves uh, advised that he did not want the exhumation, but he did wish to dispense the case of Brushy Bill Roberts and John Miller. Bailey then restated, "You do not know what you are going to find, but I do." Respectfully submitted, Gary Wayne Graves, Sheriff, July 20, 2003. I know that was pretty choppy and it's just so hard to read, but that's that's pretty powerful. Now, uh, I told you I did... uh, uh, David Bailey was very nice to come and sit down with me for over an hour and uh, talk about his time as mayor and about Fort Sumner and about Billy the Kid and did uh, we talk about this? You're damn right we did. You're damn right I handed him the book and showed him. And you want to know what he said? You're damn right you'll find out when the documentary Digging Billy comes out later this year. Yeah, I'm not going to give the whole documentary away. But very, very interesting that Graves, uh, who again has passed on, uh, rest in peace, Sheriff Graves, um, that he felt it so important that this uh, this story uh, 
be documented that he went to Cedarwall, and Cedarwall suggested, according to him anyway, that Graves write out an official statement, and that's what he did. So in his statement, he meets Bailey. Bailey says, "Knock off the investigation of Billy the Kid. You don't know what you're going to find down there, but I do." Graves says, "I'm not looking to uh, exhume the body. I don't care about that. I just want to put an end to this brushy Bill and John Miller stuff." And Bailey reiterates, "Knock it off, okay? You don't know what you're going to find there, but I do." How would he know? How would he know? I guess we'll find out. Later this year, and Digging Billy comes out. But until then, you can pick up the book, The Dirty on Billy the Kid, Cold West Publishers, on Amazon or www.coldwest.com. Lots of good information there about the investigation and really the behind the scenes in the 2003 investigation with Cedarwall, Lincoln County Sheriff Tom Sullivan. And Gary Wayne Graves, as well as some others, and how that thing developed and how it kind of came apart very quickly, dramatically, um, and um, and with some finality, um, based on you know lawsuits that went on for a number of years thereafter.、Uh, everybody's kind of smarting from that, and it has scared other people off from pursuing what would be the truth. So, will we ever solve this thing? Can we ever get it figured out? I think so. I think we can. I think that、uh, history deserves to be、uh, have the the light of truth shined upon it. And I think that、um, you know whatever the real story is, that we if we can know, we should know. And so I'm hopeful that、uh, before I'm dirt. Before I'm somewhere underground, that we get the answer, and we keep、uh, we keep working on that a little bit at a time, every single day. So there it is, Charles Dudrow. We owe you a, a debt of gratitude, and we owe you a uh, uh, a noogie for <laughs> for the frustration of not giving us just one or two more little details that would have unlocked this prize. Did he open up the grave of the kid? Did he dig down, take the cover off, and go?、Oh, yeah, look, he's got a brown suit on, or whatever it was, just like Pat Garrett said. He's got shoes. Yep, looks like you know, kind of a slight guy, five foot seven. Like, did he do that? Well, we're never gonna know. Charles Dudrow's gone. Billy's gone. They're all gone. We're not gonna know what he did or didn't do when he was in that cemetery. But if you could time travel, like my buddy Martin Teebs, wouldn't it be fascinating? If you could go back and see. And find out how they drew that map, what graves they dug up, what information they had, and what would you document? Could you take your iPhone back there and take pictures, and then come back to the present and be and solve all the mysteries? Wouldn't that be something spectacular? We'll keep working on it. Until then, I appreciate you joining me. You can join the show easily. Email me at BillyTheKidRidesAgain@gmail.com. You can also、uh, catch the show on Twitter at BTK Rides Message or Twit <laughs> Tweet. Sorry, there. And、uh, if you're,、uh, you've got an interesting story to tell. We'll see if we can have you in as a future guest. I teased out that we'd have my buddy Scott Scurlock coming on. Scott's feeling a little under the weather, so we're gonna work on getting him、uh, on here. Someday, real soon. But we'll, we're looking for other authors, historians, researchers, whoever can shed some light on the story of one Henry McCarty, Kid Antrim, William H. Bonney, 
Oh, yeah. And Billy the Kid. Still riding across our imagination. Hey, everybody, I'm out. We'll see you next time. Peace.